नाती नाते <laughs> did you play the countdown? I did play the countdown. Did you see it? Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't oh. see the countdown, but I saw our little intro. So I'm sort of thinking, are we live now? Can people see me? I don't know. I better put my knob away. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, hello, everyone, first of all. But uh, <laughs> did, you, did you still see like, this part, like me and you? Yeah. And could you hear everything? No, it was just silent. All right, so you didn't hear me calling you a, a toss pop. Oh, no, man. Nah. Anyway, let's get on with this But <laughs> well, I saw the... Do, 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 bit, you know? That no, came on. The, the intro came on. Uh, in the chat, did you see the countdown? I mean, Matt's already confirmed it. Thank you, Matt. Okay. This happened to me so the other week as well, didn't it? Yeah, this is a you thing. Yeah. Oh, the chat's going funny for me as well, mate. Oh, I haven't got people's. I haven't got people's little faces. I got Matt Willis's face there next to his comments. And, and literally, guys, two minutes ago, he was like, "Oh, my internet's been playing up." And I'm like, oh, I'm fully back on. online now. Hang on, hang on. My internet has been fine all day, and then it went off and came back on again. Literally, just as that as we were about to go live. So I've got nothing up at the top here telling me how many viewers we've got. Oh, no, that's just come back. Okay, what's going on, man? I th- I think you're. Your Amiga computer just can't handle the internet. <laughs> Maybe it's time to upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yes, maybe you're right, Max. Maybe you're right. I do need to sort that out, I think. Anyway, anyway. Afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening or watching from. This is Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Sai, a Radio Techers production. I am Sai, and with me, as always, is the man to my deep pan. A bloody leather pizza, Mags. Bloody leather pizza. <laughs> the perfect plex to my Anita specs, and that is becoming more and more obvious to me, especially at work, because they have the tiniest pickiness in the world, and I can't read them properly, mate. I can't see it. Get some Let's glasses. Try. I'm gonna have to, mate. And, and the thing is, my work pay for my eye tests as well, and all that sort of stuff. So <laughs> I got no reason not to. It's is just that, kind of laziness, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm su- I'm very, very surprised you're not like f- something free. Of course, I'll have it. <laughs> uh, uh, a podcaster who, in hindsight, probably had a far better return than Triple H did in 2002. Mr. Mags, how are we doing? How are we doing? I'm doing good at that what a slat on poor triple h after his recent troubles 
and you're there slagging off the the time in his career where he won the most world championships. Ridiculous. Well, no, okay. The comeback was good. The Madison Square Garden thing was good. Winning the Rumble, obviously winning the Royal Rumble is always good. And he main evented WrestleMania, didn't he? Great stuff. Mm-hmm. But and then, and then he ruined it yeah. by never letting go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And even when they took the titles to another show, they just gave him another one. Yeah. And, and then a year later, he did the whole you people thing, which was, ich. Yeah, let's not talk about that, mate. Let's not talk about that. I mean, it, Who it, have it, we what? got? In the chats, then. Who have we got in the chats before we get on with the show? Because it's a bumper show. We've got two matches to look at. We do, yeah. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be hard work cramming this into two hours, but uh, we can do it, I'm sure we can. We'll do it, so in, we'll the, do it. in the chat, we've got Matt uh, coming in like 20 minutes ago with Boom Shake Shake the Room. And also, I'm going to get a bit serious now. Uh, Matt has put as well, uh, today's made a decision that he's going to start looking after his own mental health. Uh, absolutely should definitely do that, Matt, from... Uh, take it from two people with with a lot of experience in that you should you should do that yes. before it gets to uh, a point where you uh, it happens to you what happens to me where um basically you end up becoming a, a, a wreck of a human being so yeah uh good luck with that and uh we are both here if you if you need to chat uh let 100%. us know how it goes um on to more lighter topics it's Monday, you know what that means, uh, from your good lady Sharon, uh, Dan Griffin in the chat, and look at the support um, straight away for Matt, We've, we're all behind you Matt, so definitely, definitely, um, definitely uh, yeah. go to that appointment and, and let us all know we're all there for you, uh, Morty in the, in, the, in the chat as well. Uh, Scottish Danny, hello to you, good sir. And it's Bafna as well for Andy from Bang Bang. Um, so, yeah, we've uh, we've got quite the packed audience again today. Bumper yes. show, thanks to my godlike influence. Yeah, we will get to that later on, uh, yeah, Dan. That was weird, wasn't it? Yeah, we'll get to that shortly. We will get to that shortly. I just want to sort of echo what you said, Magsy, to, to Matt as well. Yeah, mate, if you feel like you need to make that decision, fucking great stuff make that decision brilliant well done get yourself checked out go and speak to who you need to speak to you know and also i want to say it's amazing seeing how many people in the cwf are all just jumping in and saying you know matt we're with you and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. i think oh I mean, we say it all the time how great our little community is uh, how, how great our little corner of the internet is or even our corner of the corner of the internet that is the internet wrestling community i suppose the cwf and so on you guys and girls, girls are absolutely fantastic, and the support you showed Magsy and your support you showed me in different things, and, and Matt now it just shows that everyone's here for each other, and that is mm-hmm. awesome. So yeah, thank you to everyone there, and Matt, you know you got my number, mate. You know where I am. So yeah, absolutely. Um, two me- two uh, messages in the chat that I, I actually missed. Uh, they definitely need uh, bring it up. Mort, uh, five seconds in, Sam mentioned his knob. Another week, <laughs> another show. And then to continue with the, the Sar slander, did Sar say back on line, he must have been sneaking something in under the desk? Yeah, that's. <laughs> I think that's just I, his farmer accent. I didn't say that. I said I was back on line. You said back on line, doing a stupid impression of me. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a stupid impression or is it an impression of someone stupid? Who knows? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> that's, 
that, that was me. That was mean. I apologize. <laughs> that was harsh, mate. Bloody hell. Oh, dear. Yes, so we have two matches to look at, and we have a very interesting non-wrestling topic as well. Mm-hmm. So I suppose, in theory, Maxie, we should really crack on and try and get this done. So shall we uh, get rid of a couple of embarrassing gimmicks, mate? Chuck them away into the old hall of lame? Let's do it. The <laughs> bit misty <laughs> definitely not from smoking his uh his wacky tobacco forks don't smoke kids it's bad for you okay um <laughs> mags what are we getting rid of this week my friend Right, so for me this week, I'm going to kind of bend the rules of uh, Hall of Lame slightly. No. I, I mean, I tend to do that with, with no, the other topics, so I might as well. Um, <laughs> but the the part of it that's lame is uh, this. what I'm going to put in was actually all brought up because Vince McMahon wanted to punish a wrestler. Uh, and yeah. said wrestler took what uh what vince gave him as punishment and run with it to maybe be the best thing he did in his whole career so let's go back to the year 2000 uh a a little group of uh of wcw wrestlers yeah exactly i always bend the rules a little group of wcw wrestlers made the jump uh the radicals you may have heard of a couple of them anyway um two of them went on to be uh, huge stars. Uh, one of them was kind of in the the twilight of his career, and, and this was kind of like winding down to become a more of a uh, a backstage uh, influence on wrestling. And then there was uh, the odd one out of the radicals, let's say um, Perry Saturn. Now um, he in in mid two thousand one was was working a, a, a show with a, a jobber or enhancement talents they were called a guy called Matt Bell. Now, Mark Bell uh, potatoed um, Saturn a couple of times, so Saturn gave him a receipt, and that receipt was a bit of a, a bit of a beating. Uh, really, kind of went work stiff on him. So when he went um, backstage, Vince was was fuming, uh, and it turned turned out this punishment would be his his gimmick change was he would have brain damage, taking one too many shots to the head. So, he would go around uh, uh, talking to people and he would tell them that uh, they're welcome, even though they're, they're, he's infused with people. And he kind of then got shoved into the hardcore division of, uh, of WWF. So, he was in a, a hardcore uh, title match on the 19th of June 2001. Uh, and uh, this is when his, the the kind of... The the final part of his punishment came to light because uh, during this match, which was against Test, uh, it was a hardcore match old, uh, where they used weapons, stop signs, trash cans. In this one, he also had to use a mop. <laughs> this mop was actually had a name. It was called Moppe Q Mopperson. <laughs> so during the during the the match. Uh, Perry Saturn took the the big boot from Test, uh, the finisher, but Perry had hold of the mop, and the mop broke. So after Perry lost the match, he was distraught about this mop breaking. 
takes it backstage, totally ignoring his manager at the time, well, manager uh, slash kayfabe girlfriend at the time, who was Terry Runnels, takes this mop backstage, and over the coming weeks, uh, made a face on the mop, and ended up being in a romantic relationship with this mop. Uh, ditched Terry Runnels uh, as his manager, went on blind dates and double dates with uh, with Dean Malenko with the mop. Um, <laughs> but eventually that mop was mop-napped. Mop-napped. Uh, it was mop-napped. <laughs> and Perry was distraught, really, really trying to find where Moppy had gone. And it turns out that Raven had mop-napped Moppy because he was now working with Terry. Hang on, hang on, and hang on. Can, can, you, can you hear what you're saying? <laughs> I can. This, it turns out this, Raven had mop-napped Moppy. <laughs> yeah. It gets worse. It absolutely gets worse. So to, um, to kind of like put more emphasis on the feud, Raven and, and, um, and Terry Runnels got onto, onto the, the Tantron and they had Moppy essentially sellotaped to a piece of wood and they fed poor Moppy into a wood chipper essentially murdered oh. somebody live on TV <laughs> they murdered it was like, they didn't murder someone it was a mob <laughs> it was a it was a, a live mob and to make sure Moppy couldn't scream they put tape over Moppy's mouth and nobody wants to hear the screams though of a mob that'd, no absolutely yeah, not that'd be bone Chilling, isn't it? So, so poor Perry Saturn, <laughs> absolutely devastated. He actually got his revenge on Raven uh, because Unforgiven was uh, was at the end of that week, and he uh, and he ended up uh, winning that match. But there was a mop shaped hole left in 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 poor Perry Saturn's laugh. Oh, but there yeah. there is a happy ending to this um, because um, just after that. Um, on Sunday Night Heat, Scotty Too Hotter was was tag teaming with Perry Saturn, uh, and he felt that Perry's head wasn't in the game because of the, all the issues that's going on with Moppy. So he introduced Perry to a new mop. That mop was called Moppy Too Hotter, <laughs> and the and the the brush head of the mop was sparked up, kind of like um, like Scotty Too Hotter, and. That was love at first sight again for, for Perry Saturn. Uh, he thanked Scotty by saying worms are good dancers because he was still continuing this brain damage bullshit. And they ended up um, winning the, the match against Just Incredible and Raven. So even though the the punishment of being given a brain damage uh, gimmick is going into the Hall of Fame, this is a, a happy hall of, a hall of Lame because Perry Saturn had the best work of his career when he loved a mop. <laughs> oh, man. The thing that got me as well, when you said about that, is that he went backstage and he ignored Terry. Now, in this <laughs> era, Terry was stunning, you know? <laughs> and he's looking but, at this mop. And I remember him looking at this mop and she was just like, I don't get it. You know, I mean, it's, di- I mean, it's difficult to ignore her anyway. I mean, if you turn sideways, she'd take your eye out, wouldn't she? Let's be honest. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Sorry, ladies. But, you know, but it's true. She it was always like you know she was always you know tic tac smuggling, or she was always very cold, wasn't she? Johnny is. Brilliant. It was always the case. It always was. You're out. You know, um, but yeah, Moppy, <laughs> Moppy does. Oh dear, it was so silly, but he made it work, didn't he? 
He made it yeah, work. And and that that's a, there's so many ridiculous gimmicks like that where you think they should never work in 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 any kind of facet of wrestling. But if you have the the charisma, or if you can uh, put all of your effort in, you can make anything work. I mean, Al Snow made a a, a mannequin's head work. So props to Perry Saturn for making uh, a mop the best thing he ever did. Mm. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Oh, dear. I, I, I can remember the, the scene as well when they put the mop in the chipper and it did work because I felt sorry for the guy. Yeah, exactly. Even though you were just mocking the fact that, that they covered his mouth up, uh, covered her mouth up, sorry, her with sellotape. Yeah. yeah, her mouth. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. Perhaps I shouldn't have done that, but there we go. There we go. It was just a fucking mop. Um, <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Oh, I am going to go uh, for something this week. Well, someone, sorry, who could potentially be described as, as wooden, as moppy, I guess, in their <laughs> charisma and performance levels. Uh, this is a guy who worked for WCW for a while, but and, and, and he could go in for his WCW run as is as well but his wwf run that only really lasted maybe six months tops is what i'm going to chuck this guy into the hall of lane for in 1993 in the royal rumble we had one absolutely huge massive giant of a man win the contest in yokozuna no slight on yokozuna absolute i love yokozuna fantastic stuff when i was a kid i thought he was so scary and so on however we had another giant of a man debut in that match too. And that was the giant Gonzalez. Now, if people haven't seen any, any of 1993 WWF, to be fair, um, I strongly advise you don't go and check it out. Just don't ever do it. (laughs) 1993, I think is potentially the worst year, the worst 12 month period in wrestling, barring the King Mm -hmm. of the Ring pay-per-view and anything Bret Hart did. It is terrible. Even though the match that I put forward for this week's poll is actually from 93. I just realized I'm contradicting myself hugely there, but there we go. In, in the Royal Rumble, uh, the giant Gonzalez is escorted down to the ring with Harvey Whippleman. And this is a guy who played the character El Gigante in WCW. Mm-hmm. Was originally going to be the Yeti as well. Because after WWF, they rehired him. That's how dozy WCW were. He yep. was going to be the Yeti as well before we got poorly backstage and had to change plans. But this gimmick is is the the suit is is that of Hall of Lame. Thank the Lord. Yes. He's coming down to the ring and this guy is I mean was he like genuinely like seven seven and a half foot or something like that, Maxi, wasn't he? Like Yeah, he was an Argentinian basketball player, weren't he? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um and he had this suit on, because he obviously, you know, we saw him in WCW with no muscles or anything like that. He basically had sprayed on muscles onto this suit to make him look more muscular with bit well yeah dan griffin in the chat there airbrushed muscles and carpet pubes but the, yeah on his shoulders though <laughs> yeah shoulder his pubes <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it, it, came, it came to the ring and i mean first impressions whoa who is this look at the size of the guy of course naturally he's, he's bloody massive but then he tried to get in the ring and then he tried to beat up the undertaker, which he did. And straight away the wheels came off and you're just looking at it and thinking, this is, this is terrible. It led to a match at WrestleMania nine, which surprisingly enough was no better than what happened in the rumble. 
The Undertaker won via disqualification because because Giant Gonzalez chloroformed him, as mm-hmm. you do. This led to another match in uh, SummerSlam that year, and uh, eventually the Undertaker won that contest. Gonzalez turned face to the joy of absolutely nobody and was supposed to be entering into a feud with other Harvey Whippleman sort of uh, wrestlers from his stable, so the likes of Adam Baum and all that sort of stuff, but it never really happened. And he was released a month or two later. And like I said, even after all that garbage, WCW still rehired him. <laughs> but yes, my entrance into the Hall of Lame this week is the giant Gonzalez from 1993 WWF Magsy. Yeah, um, I think... Matt speaks for everyone when he says, how is Giant Gonzalez not already in, in the Hall of Lame? Yeah, he was so damn bad. And the the airbrush costume was horrific. It genuinely looked like a naked, hairy Neanderthal. And his, his horrific beard didn't help as well because he had the, the beard underneath, but then no moustache, which is a, a weird, weird look. Yeah. And then the the... The massive clown feet shoes that he had on, us, uh, they didn't help. But the, I suppose the worst thing was he was so inept in the ring. Uh, he was very, very slow. His um, his forearm chops to the Undertaker looked like they couldn't knock over a feather. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was. It was bad. It was very, very, very bad. He was yes. uh, the epitome of. Um, it was a good idea. And then the bell rang. Exactly. And if you want to see something else, it's actually kind of funny. You can check out Giant Gonzalez when he was El Gigante in WCW. And I think it's Wrestle War 91 when mm-hmm. Sid damn near kills Brian Pillman in the war game. And he, 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 yeah, we, we've covered that. Yeah. And he um, comes out to check if Pillman's okay. And it's just. And carries just him flat. to the back. <laughs> like a little baby. And that's the end of the match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, oh. Yeah. He. I mean, props to the guy for, for for making the effort, but Jesus Christ, he was he was an awful, awful wrestler. Yes, sadly, he died very young as well, wasn't he? In his early forties. <clears> yeah, uh, I think heart he had issues uh, and diabetes yeah. issues and stuff like that. And he died well, penniless as well, didn't he? In, in Argentina, Harvey Whippleman was apparently <laughs> sending him money uh, to sort of help keep his keep his family wow. going, and that by the time he passed away, so you know, much respect to Harvey Whippleman there. But yeah. That suit, that gimmick, those matches, lame. Very, very much lame. Indeed. Should we have a quick check on the chat then, Magsy, before we jump into this week's non-wrestling topic, Bird? Yeah, let's. Uh, um, a lot of uh, a lot of talk about me and uh, and my pick about um, about Moppe again. R.I.P. Moppe. Um, <laughs> R.I.P. Moppe. R.I.P. Matt Bell. I didn't actually realise Matt Bell had passed away. That's a that's a, a shame. Matt saying WWF ran missing ad signs for Moppe on the milk cartons for real. Yeah, remember that, Matt. That's a a good a good spot. I believe Moppy Q Mopperson is in fact an ancestor of Borty McBortface. I mean, Moppy Q Mopperson. What a cool name. Um, More is saying I'm glad our non-wrestling fan friend features it on tonight. Being a wrestling fan is weird. It is weird. Dan, it is. It is. How, why are we middle-aged blokes talking about this kind of bullshit? A mop. It's, it's <laughs> a, a mop and a and a pubed costume man <laughs> who was seven and a half at all. <laughs> exactly. 
it's oh. it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, so Matt said it's like I'm speaking Smurf with mop. I miss Mopper, I've got to say. Nobody wants to hear the screams of a mop. A thousand, a hundred percent sounds like the title of a episode of the Morton Feature. Copyright, do not be stealing that for a, an episode of the, the Morton Feature. And if you haven't listened to the Morton Feature, definitely go and listen to it because it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, to be fair, Mop had more charisma than Perry, than Perry Sad. That's <laughs> probably true. He was more wooden than the mop. Um, yes. He got that mop over. He absolutely did. Uh, sadly, like most wrestling relationships, Perry and Moppy too hot is split after Perry was caught balls deep in a carpet steamer. <laughs> that sounds like a Mark Henry story, which I'm sure that'll end up being in a hollow limb uh, in the near future. Mark Henry and mm. sexual chocolate. Jesus Christ. Sharon, uh, picking you up on your Tic Tac smuggling. Um, Ed Fraz in the, in the chat. Hello, Ed. How are you, sir? Uh, nice to see you here. Um, Matt, like I said, confirming that a giant Gonzalez uh, should have been in the Hall of Fame before that. Absolutely I should. was surprised. I was surprised, to be honest, when I found he wasn't. And then uh, Matt, um, Andy from Bang Bang saying, we all lost that night. Yeah, we did. It was such a... But that was the showcase of the Immortals and and it was so damn bad that year. Um, oh. And Dan Griffin, it was May Young's carpet stream. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus Why? Christ. Oh, dear. Shall we then jump into our non-wrestling topic this week, Magsy? Let's go for it. I almost feel like we need a jingle there. Do you know what I mean? I almost feel like we need something. Maybe I'll make something this week. Or maybe I'll, I'll finish the live, go to bed, completely forgot, forget about it, and have this exact same conversation with you next week. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Yeah, maybe. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure I'll wake up to a WhatsApp message of you saying uh, exactly the same thing next week. Yes, most likely, mate, most likely. Our non-wrestling topic this week was actually suggested by your good self, Mr. Max, and it mm-hmm. was basically looking at superheroes and... Why did you yeah. say that as if you were surprised? Like, you actually came up with an idea. No, I don't know. I'm just saying it was, it was, it was your <laughs> suggestion because my suggestion wasn't as good as this, so we went with this. That's your suggestion is pretty good and i'm sure it'll turn up next week saves me having to think for one next week then no, I'll sign. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yes it's uh about superheroes if you were to be a superhero what would your superpower be uh what would your superhero name be uh, would you have an arch nemesis and what would their name be as well and what would be your kryptonite all that sort of stuff and we can get as silly and as serious as you may well please we have quite a few decent responses, Maxie. I've got a couple on WhatsApp again, which I'll save to the very end, so you're not messing um, around looking for them. We got one incredibly, incredibly weird one from uh, our good friend Matt at Five Nerds Go. Um, that was yes. quite... He skirts the line. I absolutely love Matt because he has no filter. He just he just comes out of his brain and he comes out of his mouth and he has no filter whatsoever. Um, so yeah, I'm sure we'll get to that one. We will we will get to that definitely. Uh, but we start with our good buddy Morty at Morty Junior Five on Twitter. He says I'd be Expando, kind of like Mister Fantastic, but it's just my waist that expands. My arch nemesis would be diabetes. <laughs> brilliant oh dear brilliant uh, Dan Griffin saying Morty is stealing his ideas there but yes he got in there really quick Morty to be fair 
no, he was, he sat by oh, his computer one. waiting. That's why. I'm, waiting, that's, waiting for the tweet to go out. That's the joy of 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 the CWF because they're so supportive and and yeah, they make the show. They really yeah. do make the show. Exactly, mate. Exactly. Uh, speaking of Dan Griffin, we have him next. He says here, "I would be the demotivator. My superpower <laughs> would be <laughs> my superpower Brilliant. would be rampant cynicism, and I'd use it to convince the bad guys their plans have no chance of working. <laughs> my kryptonite would be blind faith, and my nemesis would be Captain Optimism, a being so convinced everything they do is right they can't see they're being evil or manipulated to do evil." Fair enough, mate. Fair, I mean, being so convinced everything they do is right that they can't see how they're being evil or manipulating. I think I've dated people like that, to be fair. I, I like the way he started it by saying, I would be the demotivator, and then explained how he is in real life. So that should be, <laughs> I am the demotivator. Do you think he is? Do you think he is demotivator? And he's just I like. Think, I think he's got the best rampant cynicism in our group of, uh, of friends on Twitter. So, yeah, I think he's very much could be the demotivator. I mean, with, with demotivator, I, I, what, what sort of gear would that guy wear? I mean, obviously, superheroes wear like the trunks and the cape and all that. I'm imagining something very grey and beige. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, like Bastion Bugger. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, like not not like Bastion Bugger, that exact outfit. Yeah, or pants that he's just worn for like three days because he's not motivated enough to bother changing. <laughs> or oh. like pants where he gets four days wear of them because he'll turn them around, then inside out, and then around again. Yeah, I and mean, if you had to do that, which way round do you go? Do you Because obviously at some stage you have your arse up against your balls and your balls up against your arse. Do you know what I mean? Which way round would, I mean, would you want arse to go across your balls first or what? How would it work? I mean, either way, you, you are eventually going to have skid marks on your balls, are you? Oh. <laughs> and there's the quote for this week. Either way, eventually you're going to have skid marks on your balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Uh, Sharon in the chat there. Grey sweatpants and a dirty T-shirt. It's just describing what I wear at home, to be fair. <laughs> and Dan, it would be Mr. Motivator singlet, but monochrome and covered by a dressing gown. <laughs> Brilliant. And when you, when you need to fly, so you need a cape, you just undo the dressing gown so it hangs loose behind you. <laughs> <laughs> and then realise you haven't got the singlet on and you've just flashed your bits to everybody yeah, yeah which would you know potentially unmotivate which would be the idiot <laughs> it would very much unmotivate with grey crocs jesus oh, just to finish wet. off the ensemble fantastic stuff. with socks on as well socks on and grey crocs grey socks obviously yes of course of course uh at five nerds go max um oh, jesus. <laughs> are we doing this one yeah. Do you not want to skip over this? No, but we'll I don't want to show it up on the screen. <laughs> this, yeah, this is definitely <laughs> all Matt from Five Nerds Go. This yeah. he does not speak for chain wrestling. We do no. not share his 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 thoughts. No, this is this is and Matt with from that, Five Nerds Go, his his superhero name. Nothing to do with us. His superhero name would be. Dr. Nonce. <laughs> His superpower would be disguising himself as a bush. 
<laughs> it's arch nemesis British wrestling. I got a kick out of that one, considering how many people were exposed for, uh, shall we say, poor behaviour. Um, <laughs> and his kryptonite would be a WWE paycheck. And we've got another one here that I don't quite get. Super. I, I knew as soon as I saw it, I thought I'm going to have to explain this to to Sar. Yeah, go on, and you run through it then, because I don't know. No, I want you to go through it first, and then I'll I'll explain it, and then you'll it'll be like, oh, okay. Um, if I don't actually make that noise now, I'm going to be disappointed in your explanation, just so we're clear. Okay. Um, <laughs> superhero name, Zhong Mao Man. Is that right? Have I got that right? Uh, superpower. You may have. Super adorableness. Okay. Arch nemesis is gravity, and his kryptonite is bamboo. I don't get yeah. it at all. So... There's a, there's lots of clues in there that should tell you what it what it is. So bamboo, mm. very cute. Oh, is it like a panda? Yeah, as young Mao means panda in Chinese. Ah, uh, so he's panda man. Yeah, and okay. it translates to translated in English to bear cat. Okay. Bear yeah, cat. he would he would be a panda man. Huh. Because his arch nemesis would be gravity because they're big old fat bears. Okay, I mean, but they climb trees, don't they, pandas? Do they? I don't know, do they? No, I'm thinking of koalas, aren't I? Jesus. <laughs> they couldn't be any different in the bear kingdom. Than well, the no, smallest no, 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 bear. No, no, no. Bullshit, right? <laughs> they couldn't be any more different. They're both fucking bears, and they both look—they look the same. Well, like a koala bear is not actually a bear. It's just called a koala bear. It's a marsupial. What? 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 <laughs> Does it, what? it doesn't matter. Mantor. <laughs> Mantor was a, a very sad wrestler who got lumbered with a shit gimmick. Uh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> Steve-O, at Total Steve-O on Twitter. Uh, we have a few here from him. We have, ah, of any subject, superheroes have never been something he's particularly interested in. Again, similar to me, I suppose, Magsy, it's never really been my thing, I guess. But, however, to be boring, and I know Mags will rule this one out, but I've always wanted to be the Invisible Man. Without wanting to go too dark, as someone that gets unwanted attention... It would be great to go about my business without anyone knowing I'm there. I've no idea what other uses invisibility would have. Yeah, come on. Everyone has everyone has those thoughts, don't they? <laughs> he, he does mention it. He does. Yes. Uh, other than standard going into women's changing rooms, or even more perverse, I'm not going to go there, he says. Oh, you're going to be as rude as you like with me. Uh, now, thinking I could use invisibility for the bad going into luxurious shops around London after they're closed, i.e. Harrods, Selfridges, etc., and eat the beautiful food, get free travel wherever, play pranks on people I hate, experience the zoo at night, especially exploit my superpower for things I can't have now. My kryptonite would be, as I privately messaged you the other day, the overconsumption of food and getting diarrhea. <laughs> so my kryptonite would be shitting myself. This is basically what he's trying to say there. And if you're invisible, can you imagine that sight? If you just you don't realise the visual man's next to you, 
<laughs> you, just, you just see a river of diarrhea coming out. <laughs> just sort of, you know, three, three and a half foot in the air, just pouring out like, like a tap. <laughs> but surely it would, the diarrhea would be invisible because his, you would think his food is invisible. Oh, Otherwise, yeah. you'd see it going all no, the way through his body. Well, no, because uh, no, because the, when it goes in his body, if he's if, imagine the invisible man eating an apple, then right? Okay, you'd see you see the apple floating up, wouldn't you? To, to like his to his invisible face in his invisible hand, and, and then, then he bites see, it, and then yeah, and then but yeah. then it's when he bites it and swallows it, it goes, doesn't it? So then when he shits that apple back out, you'll see the shit it, again. Yeah, that makes sense. You actually have made sense for once. And it's about in, an invisible man having a poo. <laughs> well, it's it's worrying that it's about diarrhea. You worked out the science of invisible diarrhea. I didn't even need to work it out, mate. It just it was just there. <laughs> it just came naturally. <laughs> it just like diarrhea. It just comes naturally. Oh dear. Uh, my arch nemesis, Steve continues, would be the police, as they'd always be looking for me. And before Soy says, "But you're invisible," I have to wear clothes out in the base. <laughs> <laughs> I could, he says I could always escape by removing all the clothes but running down Os- Oxford Street with no shoes on forget it ah but if you wore flip flops you're less likely to be seen aren't you because mm. there's less shoe to a flip flop but it's also hard to run in a flip flop yeah but if that's you've yeah, not got many options mate have you do you know what I mean work with me here I mean <laughs> but if, if you're invisible you don't really need to run I mean, you could literally take all your clothes off and, and walk away in whatever direction because no one can see where you're going. So you don't you need to need run. walk away. You can literally just strip off and just stand there. Well, no, because the, the first thing they're going to do is try and make a grab for where the clothes are. If you stood there, you're going to get found. But take two oh, or yeah. three steps to either direction and, and there yeah, you, you flummoxed everyone. So, yeah, look at that. Ah, see, there we go. Sorted. Or unless, of course, you have explosive diarrhea and then you can get seen straight away. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why it's his kryptonite, I guess. <laughs> like Hansel and Gretel, instead of breadcrumbs, you're leaving brown river water. Yeah, no. just puddles of poo. Um, <laughs> Connor knows soccer. At Connor knows oh. footy on Twitter. Uh, Connor says, name, not so super Connor. Superpower would be flight. Weakness, he can't land once he's in the air. That'd, <laughs> that, that'd quite... that, that tickled me when, I mean, obviously it's the, it, it's not the most in-depth uh, superhero on him, but the, the bit of his weakness absolutely tickled me. So once he starts flying, he has to permanently fly forever because he cannot land. Or does he kind of like crash land, like, like the most um, idiotic, superhero ever where he just tumbles into the floor mm. i don't know i don't know but i suppose as well if, if you if you can control your flying you could like just fly but only like a millimeter off the ground and just be like yeah, walking, anyway, so pretend you're walking just fly like yeah. you're, you're walking <laughs> yeah there you go brilliant sorted yeah there you go cheers connor figured it out for you pal um <laughs> uh scottish danny here literally just chucking us a yeah, playing the game. He'd, he'd have saying uh, time travel would be the ultimate. Yeah, I got to convince me, mate. I got two podcasts about time travel. Bloody love the shit. <laughs> Not that I've ever done it, obviously, but um, <laughs> uh, I asked, was it for for good or for evil? And he said, obviously, it would be for evil with his Funaki T-shirt there, which is brilliant stuff. Brilliant. That T-shirt yeah. is cool. 
It is. But then I, I, I carried on. What would what would you do? For what evilness would you do if you could time travel? Hiding people's remorse was, was your option. Yeah, I got confused between the Invisible Man and the time travel thing, yeah. Yeah, but hiding remorse doesn't make them invisible. It just makes them out of sight. Which is kind of invisible, isn't it? Out of sight. You don't see it, so... Um, okay. That, I mean, it doesn't, just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. No, of course. But that's the same as the Invisible Man, because you can't see it. doesn't mean he's not there, does it? <laughs> true, true. Um, something more evil than hiding the remotes is taking the batteries out and putting them in the wrong way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Turning people's alarm clocks off. Or, or changing the time on their alarm clocks so they think that they're late. Oh, yeah. yeah. That episode of The Office, when they convinced Dwight that tomorrow is Saturday, when it's actually Friday. I don't watch the, the US okay. office. That was good. They convinced him. He, for, he came into work. And you know sometimes you lose track of your dates, don't you? He came into yeah. work, and the f- first thing in the morning, he just made a passing comment about it being about it being Friday, when it's actually Thursday. So they spent the whole day convincing him it was it was Friday. They changed the, the calendar, they changed the clocks, they changed his phone, everything. So then the next the next day, there's a scene of him running in about half past 11, half-dressed, <laughs> and because sort of he thought it was Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> it, it tickles me, mate. It tickles me. <clears throat> Brilliant. Uh, uh, the last couple I have here, Mr. Mags, are via WhatsApp. So, save you looking up and down for them. Uh, Mr. Matt Willis, we have here. And he says, I have some superhero nominations for you. Some are silly. One is semi-serious. Uh, superhero name, Captain Oversell. Superpower, the ability to oversell like Sean Michaels. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean... Sean Michaels is already doing it, so... Mm. I, 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 hang on, Sean Michaels doesn't oversell... All that. That's that's very, you know, branding comment, isn't it? Sean Michaels doesn't oversell all the time. He oversold at SummerSlam against Hogan because Hogan was being a dick. You know? He doesn't oversell yeah, all the time, does he? But it was great overselling. Yeah, oh yeah, it was pretty, it was comical pretty funny Yeah, yeah. Uh, Arch Nemesis would be Bori- Boringo, uh, the guy who makes everything dull. And it's kryptonite would be maths homework. I bet my girls could uh, sympathise with that. They're not a particularly big fan of maths homework. Uh, another one he has for us here. The name is Hound Dog. Superpower is his super smell. So does that mean he can smell really well, or he smells terrific if somebody else was to sniff him? <laughs> I mean, both. <laughs> Why not both? Can you imagine yeah. having the the the, the power of uh, a keen sense of smell, and you also smell amazing? You'd it's just have a, a mass. You'd be like. Ah. Like your own brand, you like this, especially be if your farts like... sm- as well. If your farts smelt oh, amazing, like blast night links Africa or something, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just walk around. Going, of, of, oh. all, of all the smells, the chaviest smell of all links Africa, yeah. or you know, you, you, when you all you can do is you, your, your own super smell and your own super smell. So you just walk around all day thinking this must be what it's like to be in the CK1 factory, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I smell amazing. (laughs) I smell like 1997 and it's fantastic. (laughs) Uh, Hang Dog's arch nemesis would be Sergeant Lampost. His kryptonite would be if he sees anyone he knows, he has to sniff their butt. But he doesn't need to worry because he'd still be covered in a cloud of his own amazing smell. Mm. Mm. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. But I mean, with his super smell, if you got right up against someone's arsehole, you know, it may mm. it may outbalance the uh, 
links Africa and CK1, mate. It, it may well do. I mean, I don't know how good at covering up the smell of shit links Africa actually is. Mm. I suppose he, then, the, the superhero hanged dog, would be fantastic for tracking down the Invisible Man. Because if he's going around <laughs> all the time with a dirty arsehole, a hound dog can find him. <laughs> Matt speaks for us all yet again. Sir, stop overthinking it. I will never stop overthinking it and going into these things because that's what makes the show. <laughs> the fact that we just talk bollocks for two hours and you lot seem to enjoy it. Um, we have another one from Matt here. Name Arcade. Superpower ability to finish any arcade game on a single one pound coin perfectly would have been 50p, but they've gone up in price. He puts it, Thatcher's Britain, yeah, bastards. Uh, the arch nemesis would be Mr. P- Mr. Prize Guy, the guy who exchanges tickets for crappy prizes. And his kryptonite would be if he ever ends up on the coin pushers because he will never leave as you can't finish that. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. <laughs> Just constantly on a loop playing that game over and over again. Such money makers, those coin pushers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and now for the semi serious one, which is a shame as I was enjoying writing the silly ones, he says. Name Blizzard. Power, control over ice and snow, including the ability to produce it at will. Arch Nemesis. Solar, a human cursed by the spirit of Apollo, the deity of the sun. Kryptonite, if he gets too cold, he will freeze himself completely solid. Fair enough. Uh, he's also created a super villain group in the vein of Spectre or Hydra, which is Spectre's from uh, Bond, isn't it? And stuff, you know? Yeah. That's right, yeah. Hydra, what's that from? Um, is that not the Avengers? I don't know. I don't know. I imagine somebody will let us know in the chat. So, uh, And he has here creative, hateful, and intelligent nemesis, which really enjoys selling things like Italian Neapolitan Galetto. What does that say? Ask it. Oh, chain wrestling. It says chain wrestling. Ha! I'm reading that down. I'm thinking, well, I don't know what that says, but it says, yeah, it says chain wrestling. I'll show you that. Look. People can make it out. Just, whoop, where are we going? There we go. This makes for fantastic audio on the podcast version later in the week. But yeah, actually, it does well. Oh, great work, Matt. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, making up things like this is what I do weekly on Dungeons and Junkies. Feel free to plug on Visionaries Global Media. And that's where we'll he cut that out. Mike, Can so. we cut that out, please? <laughs> So it actually, we were speaking about uh, Dungeons and Junkies uh, the other day via WhatsApp. And on the way home from work today, I listened to the first part and half of the second part of the Halloween special they did. Now, Dungeons and Dragons isn't something I always understand. It's not my bag. But the fact that um, you listen to these people playing these roles, it's, it's fantastic. It's absolutely awesome. you know. And, and they all are having a great time which makes me enjoy listening to them, enjoying <laughs> the game they're playing. So yeah, go and, go and check it out. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, what the um, hell is um, that? Oh, it says, uh, what the hell is Sad's form background? It looks like a, a ball sack. It's not a ball sack. I will show you the background on my phone in just a moment. It is not oh, a Jesus ball sack. Um, <laughs> and the last one is from my mate, Ari. So everyone brace yourselves as always. <laughs> he says his superhero name would be Captain Megaballs. <laughs> he can spunk at Mac 5, apparently. And at will. And at will, yeah. Um, his uh, arch nemesis would be Madame Barton Flaps. 
<laughs> and his ne- <laughs> kryptonites would be lagers over 5% because they fuck him up. Um, I asked him about Madame Barton Flaps, and he said, Barton Street Hooker Queen. Now, Barton Street is a very rough area in Gloucester, famous for, shall we say, ladies Hookers. of the night. Yes. Yes, there we go. <laughs> but yes, Captain Megaballs and his constant battles with the Barton Street Hooker Queen, Madame Barton Flaps. There we go. And I will show you now very quickly my background on my WhatsApp. I don't know if you can make it out on there. But basically, it's another picture of my cat, Lemmy. That's him as younger on my WhatsApp. Did he he actually look cute? Yeah, he did. He was nice back there. It's on my WhatsApp, so I can't bring it up because there's messages all in the way of it. Um, You can probably make it out a bit clearer on that one there. There we go. But that's there. There we go. That's it. My my cat, Lemmy, who I love dearly. He's amazing. However, he hates me. <laughs> well, cats tolerate humans. I don't think they hate. They just tolerate them. Well, this is it. But no, no. He, he loves everyone else. He loves Sharon, especially. Uh, so he might just hate you, then. Oh, he hates me totally. He, he, he wants nothing to do with me. He'll let Liv pick him up and give him a cuddle. Uh, he goes and sees Sharon. Me, he only likes me if I'm making a toasty because he knows I'll throw him a couple of bits of Hamlet. Wow. I'm basically, Lemme doesn't even tolerate Sasha. No, no. He's confirmed. He doesn't tolerate me at all. Um, the other day, <laughs> I, I was having a bit of a rant about it because he was coming up to me and like, you know a cat sort of rub against your legs and that when they're trying to be affectionate and stuff? He was doing when that. When they want something. Yeah, basically. And I was like moaning and bitching, saying, you're only nice to me when you want something and all that. And Sharon said, I sounded like somebody who was in an abusive relationship. So <laughs> <I> always... <laughs> you, you're, being, you're being mentally tormented by your cat. <laughs> yeah, because I always do end up giving him treats and stuff. And then he just fucks off until he wants more. So, yeah. I, I see. Amazing. I see Amazing. Yes, but there we go. So, anyway. so essentially, you're pussy whipped. Yeah, quite literally. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Anyway, anyway, there we go. Fantastic stuff, as always, from everybody in the CWF. Thank you so, so much for sending in your non-wrestling answers, answers, retweeting, and so on. It was awesome, Magsy, wasn't it? It was. um, Absolutely amazing answers. Uh, Should we have a quick check through the chat once again, and then we'll talk a little bit of graps, I suppose? Yeah, I don't want to put my one forward. You, twice in a week, twice in two oh, weeks. I you've did it again, it. didn't I? Yeah. And do you know what's even you, worse? I've not you've got, got one. Your... <laughs> I've completely forgot. Wow. I've got have you got your... right, go on. Okay, have you have you got your your running plan up this time now? No. That again, that's the issue. You, you're no, very very I'll forgetful. I'll bring it up. So, there we go. And it, it literally it, it says here non wrestling topic Twitter non wrestling topic mags and soy. So yeah. Should have yeah. left that up, shouldn't I? Anyway, I've got one. Go on, then. What's yours? It, it, it's probably going to be the most obvious one. So my superhero name would be the Stiffener. Okay. <laughs> now, not for, the, those, not for the reason that you think. So my superpower would be filling the bubbles in bubbly chocolate. So then I would be making the chocolate... Ah. Stiffer. My arch nemesis, or nemesis, because there's more than one, are the the worldwide conglomerates of confectionery, Nestle and um, and Mars, and Cadbury's, just all these companies that that try and steal our money by filling their chocolate with 
with essentially free air. <laughs> See, it's right. You say that they try and steal our money. You know, you know, you haven't got to buy it, don't you? Do, do you go no. to the shop, buy an arrow, buy into it, and go, "Ooh, the bastards! They got me again." <laughs> but, but chocolate is addictive. It gives yeah. you those dopamine rushes. So it, it's kind of like crack or, or heroin, <laughs> where you don't want it, but you've got to have it. And my kryptonite would be watching people enjoy bubbly chocolate. Mm. So yeah. And I think to the rest of the world, I would actually be the villain, but I'd be the kind of villain where I think I'm doing it for a noble cause. So I'm kind of like Bane in this situation. Everyone hates me, but I'm doing stuff to make their life better. Fair enough, mate. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Mags and bubbly chocolate. It's just like an ongoing... What are we now? Episode 80, 84, 85, something like that in total? Episode, episode 47 of the live version as well. Yeah. So, okay. So we did 32, I think, of the non-live. So what mm-hmm. would that be? 80, well, wouldn't it? Well, 79... Okay, well, yeah, so, you know. And this has been a long-running theme for all of these oh, episodes. Oh, the kryptonite, no! <laughs> Sharon in the chat there, I just like a whisper gold, and it was marvellous. Uh, yeah, she does like whisper Chocolate gold, is though. like crack. I'm eating a twirl right now, which a twirl is, that's, oh, no, I'm thinking of a spira. The twirls are not too bad because they are wrapped in chocolate, aren't they? So. Mm. They don't make spiras anymore, do they? Yeah, they float on, they almost would be on my hit list, but the fact is that the hole isn't encased in chocolate. It's actually like, it's almost like a tube. So they qualify as, as a decent chocolate. Yeah, but, they don't, but they're, not, they're not around no more. They're one of those that got discontinued, don't they? Which is a shame. No. I didn't mind a Spyro. Yeah, they were, they were amazing. Yeah, they were good. Oh. Spyros were really good. Oh, there we go then. See, I, I, didn't, I didn't do it, mate. Because I... I, I I racked my brains and I just couldn't think of anything. Oh, comment there. Dan Griffin, the stiffener surely has to team up with Captain Mega Balls. <laughs> Your thing is stiffener in a slightly different way, I think. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. There we go. Um, I didn't have a superhero or anything like that, mate. I, I just couldn't think of one. You know? I do, I do have something that popped up on the television the other day that is, I suppose, good guy versus bad guy kind of thing. And I thought, I could do that. And that so was really- hit us with it. I will. There was an episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine. I don't know if anyone's ever seen that show. Uh, was on the TV, and one of the detectives was drinking with a detective who was a bit of a, a bad, a bad policeman, a crooked, uh, crooked cop. And the idea was they want some information out of them, so they were plying them with drink to get them to loosen up and say the information. The problem was the good police officer couldn't handle their booze and was absolutely annihilated whereas the person they were trying to get drunk was stone cold sober because they could handle their booze i looked at that and i turned to the wife and i said you know what i could do that i could sit there and uh, <laughs> because i could handle mid drink i could sit there long enough to get information out of somebody and it's a very niche thing that the new york police department required on that particular day you know <laughs> but yeah if they called me up i'd be willing to help me that would be I mean- my superpower that sounds less of a superpower and more something you should just stick on your CV. Well, I can drink a fuck ton. <laughs> <laughs> I can drink anybody under the table. <laughs> oh, I don't know about anybody, but I'd always give it a try, I suppose. You can't, you know, <laughs> I, I've I'm got, a quick I've learner. Got high, <laughs> I've got a high level of tenacity with that. So. <laughs> uh, 
Right, and we have one very, very late, and this is breaking. This is, mate, breaking. We received a tweet a few minutes ago from UTT Rob saying, oops, sorry, I missed this one. So okay. as we were talking, I tweeted him back and said, you know, we're still live. We're talking about it right now. Send it in. So here we have Rob at UTT Rob. Thank you so much, my friend, for sending it into the show. He says, the ability to read minds, the ultimate negotiation advantage. Good luck with the show. Cheers, Rob. Appreciate that, mate. Yeah, can you imagine being, I don't know, being able to read minds would be fantastic on one aspect, but then always knowing what people are thinking sometimes because you wouldn't want them to know you had that power because it would ruin it. But you'd, you, but you'd, you would be able to tell if they're talking shit, well, or thinking shit about you. Yeah, exactly. And you'd end exactly. up falling out with people. Yeah, totally. But you can't tell them way across with them because then it exposes you for having this, this, this power exactly yeah so mm. that's a very double-edged sword of a power mm, it is it is it'd be good if you could just kind of turn it on and off i suppose <laughs> yeah just oh read demand as and when you want instead of it just being automatic Constant, yeah like on um what women want that film wasn't it with mel gibson have you seen that mm-hmm. yeah because he's able to listen to all the women's minds and that he? yeah yes. so there we go oh and, st- okay, and he steals the idea for a knack advert I don't remember that bit. Yeah, he's an advertiser. Or he works for an advertising company and okay. he steals Helen... Is it Helen Hunt, the actress? Yeah, I think so. Yes. He steals her, her idea. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Fair enough. I just thought it was he was just listening to Lassie's talk about him so he could, like, you know, take him out and stuff. No, he doesn't... It doesn't have... It's not a superhero film. He doesn't have that power no, I'm not, all no, the time. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a superhero <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just. <laughs> I, I didn't remember the advertising bit. That was I mean, it's, it's, what it's got to be 25 years old now. I don't think I've seen it since it was released. So, yeah. The fact that I remembered a film, uh, the fact that I've seen a film, should surely amaze everybody. <laughs> the I've fact seen, that I have seen a film. Brilliant. <laughs> there we go, Magzi. Shall we talk a little? Well, not a little bit of wrestling. We've got two matches to cover this week. Shall we talk quite a bit of wrestling? Um, yes, I mean we could have gone through the chat, but never mind. Let's get, ready. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! You are all fingers and thumbs today, sir. Yeah, but I just did. we went through the chat, didn't we? We did. I mean, we didn't. We did earlier, but we didn't after the, oh, the non-wrestling no. topic. I said, let's go through the chat, and then you had a little yeah, salt. Yeah, did. Yeah, okay, well, let's go through the chat. No, you've ruined it now. Sorry, 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 CWF. Uh, we've got to crack on, so all your messages here are all irrelevant. We're not going to give you any attention, and it's all Simon's fault. What an absolute jackass. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <sighs> we, could, we could go through the chat. We could. We could, mate. But okay, we'll get all the wrestling talk. We'll we do have two matches to cover. We do, we do. Uh, where do you want to go first, bud? Well, we might as well finish off the, the Triple H story, I suppose. Okie doke. Let me just make sure I've got more. Yeah, the right notes. There we go. Look at that. Wow. Organised. A little stack of paper. Yeah. Well, it's two stacks of paper, mate. You know, it's, it's not that organised. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing you, you probably had it underneath the 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 Ric Flair and, and Perfect no. match. No, they were side by side, but they were side by side. I'm not saying that they're in the right order, but they were side by side. Uh, <laughs> I probably got the finish on top. And 
Yes. Triple H versus Chris Jericho. Uh, well, the poll, first of all, ended 50-50, which is kind of yes. weird. Because uh, Dan Griffin I, said, I hope it ends 50-50. And then it he happened. He did. He Jedi man-tricked this poll mm. to it be a 50-50 split. And at one stage, on the day of the poll ending, I noticed it was 50-50. So I tweeted that out there and, and said to Dan, this is funny. And then one of the options went a few votes ahead. But then by the time it closed, it was back level again. So Wow. Dan and his multiple, multiple accounts. Yeah, it's literally it only... <laughs> it's literally only Dan that voted just over and over again. <laughs> now you know his real superpower. So he isn't the demotivator, he is the mediator. Make sure everything stays level. The mediator. I like that. That's good. <laughs> yes. So one of the options that drew this week's poll was, I suppose, the continuation of our look at Triple H and his comeback. Hopefully, well, end. Hopefully the end, yes. We don't want to go into anything else. <laughs> he's, he, he's having a, an, another reign of terror on, on chain wrestling recently. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to go into like maybe next year's WrestleMania, for example. <laughs> just a little well, bit of racism. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit of racism. Um, <laughs> Triple H versus Chris Jericho at WrestleMania 18 for the undisputed title. Now... This, obviously, is the same show where The Rock faced Hogan, and that's kind of what WrestleMania 18 is remembered for. Mm-hmm. But this match here, a lot of people, when when you put it forward, Magsy, last week, were saying that this was potentially the best match on the card. Yeah, I, I mean, didn't remember it being that good, so I was quite intrigued to watch it. What are your thoughts watching it back for the show this week? Yeah, I mean, if I think I mentioned last week that, uh, according to Shaggy Dave, uh, it, this was the... the the best match on the card. Uh, I know we spoke about uh, Jericho and Triple H uh, petitioning Vince to not put this match on last because mm. they all knew that that Rock and uh, Hogan was was going to draw, and following that uh, was always going to be hard. Uh, even with the kind of like um, the the palate cleanser of the of the women's title match in, in between. Um, but going back and watching it, this is two wrestlers at the very top of their game um, and Triple H coming back off the injury to being arguably better than he was before the injury uh, and Jericho um, kind of shedding all that uh, pressure of coming into the company and, and not being uh, the big the big star uh, uh, from the beginning uh, to being the first ever undisputed champion Um there was a lot on on these two guys to to perform, and I think they they did very very admirably. I think it's a really really good match and very underappreciated. I think because of its position uh, coming after the, the the Hogan and the Rock match. Hmm, okay, um, so when you watched this back, then this would be interesting. I suppose when, when you watch this back, we've got two matches to watch. Did you watch them today? Yeah. Did you, you watch them both together, I'm assuming, yeah? Uh, no. Like, not the together same like, at the same time. No, no not, I watched, not, the, I watched them back to back. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Why have you got me such a pedantic little prick? You know exactly what I meant. <laughs> like I had one on my computer and one on the TV yeah. and I'm like... like <laughs> Trying to make notes on both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a, like a game of tennis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, which one did you watch first? I watched uh, the Flair and Perfect one first. 
Yeah, and me. Okay. Now that's going to be interesting. I think how how we rate this if it would have made a difference if we watched it the other way around potentially. This match here, I enjoyed it. It was very good, but I don't think it was as good as people were leading me to believe last week. Okay. But I mean, I mean, we'll get into it. I mean, maybe it's just my dislike of Triple H. I don't know. I'm not a massive Triple H fan. And by this, his comeback, fantastic. Winning the Rumble, great. By this point, because of the crappy storyline with the dog and Jericho and Steph and all that sort of nonsense, and the fact that I suppose I stayed up and watched Rock Hogan. So by the time this came around, I was already kind of burnt out. Yeah. I I was kind of over it all by the time this match started, I guess. <laughs> and I kind of yeah. had that same feeling when I put it on today. Really? Um, I yeah. remember... I, I vaguely remember watching it live and, and having the exact same feelings, uh, almost as if I was sapped from the emotion of the, the, the Hogan and Rock stuff. Um, so, yeah, I can understand having that feeling at the time of, of, of almost you are worn out, you're, 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 you're spent as a wrestling fan. But going back and watching it, um, and maybe it's because I have a, a lot of love for, for Jericho, um, maybe that's biased uh, to me, and I thought it was a really, really good match. Uh, and um, watching this second actually made me appreciate it more. And we'll come to why when we talk about the uh, the, the flair in the perfect match. Uh, I really enjoyed this match. I enjoyed it a lot more than I remember enjoying it at the time. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that side of things. Yeah. Totally. I enjoyed this. I enjoyed it more than I watched it, than I enjoyed it first time round. But I still kind of had those vibes of, okay, I was expecting a bit more, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose. Maybe it's a, a case of they didn't go all out because they had no point to go all out. Mm. Because the fans yeah. had already had already blown their wad over uh, Rock and uh, Hogan. And they, no matter what, they, what Triple H and... and uh, Jericho did they were never going to top that so if that's the case why not just play safe why not just mm. yeah make sure you get through the match without any injuries and 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 go on to to the row after mm. was there a rematch like the backlash or whatever followed it up was there another was there a rematch I can't remember there being a rematch I, I, I vaguely remember they did uh, a last man standing match but okay. um, I can't remember if it's in this storyline or if it's uh if it's afterwards usually after um after a wrestlemania uh title match there's, there is a some sort of um rematch but i i cannot for the laughing me remember mm, i'm actually gonna yeah. look now oh what should do that then i'll give a quick shout out to uh millwall chris who has just dm'd the show's twitter here saying he can't make tonight guys recovering from having a wisdom to fight Oh, uh, so, yeah, no worries, mate. Some, some of the worst pain, worst yeah. pain, toothache. So, hope, yeah. you, hope you get well soon, sir. Yes, hope you check us out on the audio version later in the week, mate. So, you actually hear us wishing you well. Otherwise, this <laughs> moment now is kind of all co- pointless, really. Yeah. <laughs> <Can't mute. laughs> yeah, but there we go. Yeah, thinking of your bird. Hope everything's okay. Yeah, did they have a rematch, mate? Um, I'm having a look now. Uh, they went into the brand extension, didn't they? Afterwards, okay. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Uh, he would have. Uh, he did have a, a rematch. Um, 
Triple H beat Stephanie and Chris Jericho in a triple threat uh, on an episode of of Raw. Ah, Matt Willis literally just mentioned that in the chat as well. So, yeah. Ah, good stuff. Okie doke. And we'll get into the match a little bit now then, I suppose. Uh, WrestleMania 18, I scanned through the show before watching this match here. Uh, literally just okay. skipping through moments. Hardly watched. I didn't watch any actual wrestling, just skipping through moments and so on. There was a lot of live band performances at WrestleMania 18, mm-hmm. wasn't there? This, Saliva did um, a couple. Drowning Pool was on there as well. Yep. Yeah. And I don't remember this happening, but Drowning Pool played Triple H Triple H's song. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, I say Triple H's song. It was, the, it was a totally new song. Mm, yeah, but I mean, it's still the game isn't it it's like they've, they've the, covered the background music. yeah 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 so it was it was uh wwe were in this push of being in with the the new metal crowd at the time i remember i think the uh, the actual theme music for uh for the event was was limp biscuit right um and yeah they every, almost everyone on the card had a, a forcible entry uh song because that was the cd that was pushing and i remember at the time thinking that 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 cd was actually really good uh some of the like remix yes. uh and kind of reimagined uh theme musics were were pretty good from that from that forcible entry um album mm. yeah yeah definitely it was um stacy keebler's legs on there by zz mm-hmm. top and stuff like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah good al- it's actually a good album yeah this didn't do it for me though mate i, I know no. i'm incredibly biased because you know motorhead but Nah, this this didn't do it for me at all. It was not the worst. Um, I think the issue that I had with it was Triple H's uh, entrances are about the the Moorhead music mm-hmm. and about the fan reaction, whether that's booing or whether that's cheering. The fact that they focused on the band so much, they kind of like cut out the crowd. So it was almost yeah. as if Triple H was coming out to crickets which clearly he wasn't because you could see the crowd like really excited because triple h is there but because they were focusing on the music you couldn't hear that that excitement from the crowd which i think kind of took away from uh from that entrance Mm. yeah no i get that i get that and then it kind of sounds funny when jericho's music hits because obviously you've got a live band there and then jericho's music hits which isn't a live band it's obviously the pre-recorded wwf jericho music and the production levels are obviously much much different, aren't they? And it just, mm-hmm. it just all sounded a bit wonky to me. The whole entrances and and yeah. the, well, to be honest, the sound throughout the whole match sounded a bit wonky because famously this match is is a bit quiet because the crowd are burnt out. So they've been sat there for three and a half hours already. They've watched Hogan rock and exhausted themselves. So this match here, it, the crowd are far from lively. But I didn't notice until watching it back today how. Jim Ross on commentary is still doing his job. He's still massively selling moments and getting really enthusiastic and so on. And it was so weird hearing Jim Ross really getting into certain, certain moves, certain spots, certain pinfall attempts, but the crowd not raising their volume as he raises Mm -hmm. the excitement levels in his voice. It was so strange. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, And I think this is uh, one of the few occasions that uh, a WrestleMania where the, the kind of flow of the show is ruined by mm. the by the big name match not being at the main event. Mm. Yeah, yeah, very true, mate. Very true. Uh, but there we go. I mean, I, I'm of the mindset of the world title should always go on last. 
that that's been my mindset for a long time. But there is always the odd exception, and this is blatantly yeah. one of them. Yeah, I mean, when you've got the biggest icon in in the the business ever, and then the hottest um, kind of modern modern day wrestler, um, that should have gone on last. Mm, because yeah, no but, matter you could have had um the 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 biggest title match in in the history of the business and it's not going to outsell um rock versus hogan i mean that was what the whole posters that was what the whole advertising for the show was about that should have been the main event yeah yeah 100 percent. totally agree totally agree so uh i mean when the match starts we have standard Triple H soaking himself in water and all that. But all I can think of here, he, he looks incredibly orange and incredibly slimy. Yeah. Um, I mean, Triple H has always come out with very wet hair and the, 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 the water uh, dripping down him. But the, the, the fake tan he's got on makes it stand out so much. He looks yeah. like he's literally just got out of the shower. Mm-hmm. And he's just walked to the to the ring. Um, looks cool doing it, and he's he's looks like he's chiselled out of granite. Uh, but he looked extra slippy. Mm. Yes, yes, very true. Um, Matt Willis and Danny in the chat there talking. Uh, Danny's saying he wished Saliva played King of My World for Chris Jericho down to the ring. Mm-hmm. And Matt Willis there saying he hadn't adopted that gimmick yet. It was uh, 2002, end of 2002, Sliver performed that for him. We covered that, mm-hmm. didn't we? The Elimination yeah. Chamber in the end. Yes. Okay. And, um, and then Matt also mentions that Drowning Pool did the theme song Superstar. And I think it was Saliva that did Superstar. Um, so, Sliver opened the sh- Sliver opened the show and they opened it with a song called Superstar, I think. But they definitely yeah. opened WrestleMania. So you'd imagine that would have been the theme. So I think you're right, Mag Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a couple of things that need noting, I suppose. Jericho comes out with McMahon, who mm-hmm. she looks here. Yeah, fair play. She looks great. And I mean, the that crowd, cat suit. Jesus. Yes, yes indeed. The, the crowd is very, very quiet, isn't it? Um, yeah, it is. Triple H is taped up on the, on the quad, on the, on the leg and the knee area. So that becomes the... I suppose one of the biggest story points they're trying to sell throughout the match is is how much can Triple H's previously injured leg take, and Jericho mm-hmm. attacks that on quite a few quite a few moments, quite a few opportunities. And well, Triple H, the, the, the first few minutes of the match are, are a, um, almost kind of catches catch can style wrestling, where uh, Jericho is going for that leg uh, all the time, and uh, Triple H is doing his best to avoid it and kind of counter. Uh, but I think Jim Ross makes a, a few comments uh, mentioning that uh, that Jericho had attacked him uh, on the raw previous with a sledgehammer uh, mm. on the on the leg, uh, and that he'd had um, he had a scan, and the doctor said that it was uh, his quad was hanging on by a thread. So that G- uh, Jim Ross, uh, as good as ever in kind of pushing the the stakes of of the injury and how it could be a it could be an effect. Ironically, through the the match, it, it's not really that much of an effect. No, there we go. And very quickly, <laughs> actually, speaking of injuries, I want to first of all apologise for interrupting the wrestling portion of the show with this. But I know a few people have been asking, Matt Willis and so on have been asking uh, in the chat and so on in previous weeks about uh, my daughter, Sharon and I's daughter, Olivia, uh, our little lives. She's 
had a serious knee injury, like it dislocated and so on. And she'd been to the hospital and had it checked out and, and so on and so forth. And today she went back to the hospital to get uh, another scan and more results, et cetera, et cetera. And it turns out she's actually torn her ACL. So it's going to be Such a quite a tricky long road back. But we've got the absolute faith in her. We know she'll do brilliant and she'll come back even stronger. So, yeah, good luck with that, Luby Lou. We love you a bit. <laughs> Not that you're listening. You're probably asleep by now, but there we go. <laughs> she'll, be, she'll be back to headland WrestleMania. Exactly. She'll win the Royal Rumble. Um, <laughs> yeah, but there we go. So I, I appreciate, and I, I know Liv appreciates, and Sharon definitely appreciates everyone that's asked after Liv and wished her well and so on. But that's the news we got today. So, yeah, hopefully... As long a tour, as long as time as it can be, hopefully it'll pass quickly for her and she's back playing again soon. Ah, uh, so they Triple H and Jericho, I suppose they do try a few things very early on to get a reaction. To me, it comes across that way. Jericho gets launched off a top rope to the outside into the into the crowd barrier and so on. Now that seemed very early on to me for a Triple H mm-hmm. match. Um, Triple H, I think, is is his matches. Sometimes they go too long for me, which is a criticism yeah. that I've seen of him quite a few times. But one thing that you tend to find with Triple H's matches, whether they're whether they're too long or or whatever, they tend to always build in roughly the same way. The bigger spots, the more uh, the more dramatic moments tend to come towards the end of the match. And it, from that <laughs> aspect, you know, overbooked or too long, whatever. From that aspect, you can't really criticize the guy. So seeing those sort of moments here early on, I was be like, oh, okay. Is that an attempt to get the crowd going again, do you think, Magsy? Or Yeah, I absolutely do think it was that. I think they uh both Jericho and Triple H uh try to get the, the the crowd excited again. It didn't really work, uh, and it's a, a shame it didn't. Uh but you, it it's good that that they could switch it up to, to at least yeah. make it a little bit fresh. One thing I did notice with that spot, and I don't remember noticing it before, was um, it was definitely a planned spot uh, because you could see the the the, uh, the gaffer tape uh, marking the the area where Jericho would land. Uh, all the okay. obviously this was a a, a time when uh, WWE. Uh, had was were covering the rails up with a, like that kind of uh, form, but you could see just exactly where Jericho hit. There's a a long strip of of gaffer tape which is like where he was essentially meant to aim uh, to land. I suppose whether that was extra padded that area or it was a uh, they they kind of like told the the crowd we're going to be using this so just be care this so just be careful. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, um, it was definitely a planned spot. Ah, I didn't notice that. Look at you, you little beady eye checking that out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go back and look. <laughs> I saw that. it with my glasses. <laughs> um, with regards to the crowd, they do re- react. I think a few times throughout the match to Stephanie McMahon. Whenever she's involved, I mean, there's a moment here where she gets kind of knocked off the ring apron by Jericho. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a figure four by Triple H, and Stephanie claws at Triple H's eyes. Yeah, and the crowd react more to Stephanie than I think anything the guys the guys in the ring do until pretty much the finish for me, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Stephanie, if there's one thing she's good at is drawing heat. Um, yes, and and at this this point, 
she she was the only person really gaining a reaction. Um, whether that's because of what she was wearing or because she was just the biggest bitch in the in the company, um, probably a little bit of both. But yeah, she was the only person getting any kind of a mm. reaction from the crowd. Yeah, and that's, there's a couple of scrappy moments as well for me. Uh, there's a moment where I don't know what, what the intention was, but Jericho is kind of running into the corner. He's been kind of thrown by Trevor. I don't know if he's getting thrown into the buckles or if he's supposed to be getting um, uh, 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 some sort of slam on him and they haven't got hold of Jericho properly. And Jericho almost kind of stumbles and falls into the corner quite badly and barely misses the turnbuckle. It could have been quite nasty. That was a bit crappy. And when they do the figure four spot around the ring post on the outside, that didn't look the best for me either. Yeah, and, and there was another botch that, or, that I noticed when uh, Triple H he kind of botched a spam buster. Uh, so then the the they pretty much did the same move again and he hit a better one. Uh, so yeah, it wasn't a perfect match by any no, stretch no, of the no. imagination. No, again, I'm... I'm I'm sort of picking things apart here, and it's incredibly harsh of me because I couldn't do anything that these guys do, you know, any in any stretch of imagination. At no, but all, with I marks, think. so our opinion matters. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, eventually, we get the table spot, magazine and that does get a reaction from the crowd. I st- I don't <laughs> think it, I'm, I'll, I'll say on par with Stephanie McMahon's nonsense, but I don't think it, even even that's when we get. I mean, basically Jericho is putting the walls of Jericho on the one table on Triple H, isn't he? Triple H fights out of it to try and pedigree Jericho. Jericho backdrops him off the one table through the other. And you can kind of see it coming because of the way they're setting up and where they're positioned and so on. But it's still a cool spot. I, I, I really liked it. But normally you see somebody go crashing for a table, especially a guy of Triple H's size. I mean, he's, what, 260, 270, and he must well, he must be 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, whatever he may well be. He's a massive fella. Goes crashing through a table like that. I would imagine more of a reaction from the crowd. I mean, they they reacted in comparison to other things that was going on, but it still wasn't the the sort of standard, whoa, you know, that you get from a big table spot. I think did, did, was that the same for you, or did you hear it differently? Yeah, I think it's 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 going to be the pattern of this match that on any other card, if this match had happened, I think it would have got a way bigger reaction. Um, it's just that the the crowd were emotionally drained. Uh, I I did like this spot f- for the simple fact that it was set up. Well, half of it was set up pretty early into the match yeah. with the 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 Spanish announce table being cleared. And then we get the kind of the second part of the setup when when Jericho clears the 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 English um, um, broadcast table to 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 basically make it a, a two table um, spot, which I always appreciate table spots when when they're done right. And this was I thought really well done. And like I said, you can telegraph that it's going to happen because usually the person who sets up the table is the one who goes through it. Um, but yeah, I thought that that was a um, a really good spot, and I I really felt a a bit of worry for Triple H because. Obviously, he has just come back from uh, mm. an injury that's kept him out for for nine months, and he lands pretty hard. Um, so, very brave of him to 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 take that spot. But I, yeah, I thought that this um, this was a really good spot. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It's a shame that oh, it is such a shame 
I'm here saying that the crowd was quiet for this, crowd was quiet for that. They only reacted to Stephanie. And, so, and this isn't a dig at Jericho or Triple H in any way, because they're, they're doing good stuff. <laughs> you almost want the crowd to have more, but it's just the, the running order of the show. Just It's not the wind at the sails. That's yeah, it. The crowd, the crowd really, got really left. left. Oh, dear. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, Jericho goes for the walls of Jericho in the ring. I suppose well, not long after the he, table spot. He tries. He goes for the lion salt first. Oh yes, um, of course. And Triple H is able to kick out. Uh, then he, I think Triple H goes for a for a pedigree, uh, but Jericho like uh, elbows his knee, which takes him out, and then you know it, that leads to uh, the walls of Jericho. Yes, uh, and it's a long walls of Jericho spot, isn't it? And mm-hmm. we even get the. Um, I always liken it to a sleeper hold when they're doing the, the arm, the one, two, three, the dropping of the arm to see if he's passed out. But of course, it gets to three and he sort of keeps his arm up. Triple H, sorry. Uh, eventually, he and, escapes this. And, yeah, I, I, I do like, uh, and Jericho's really good at it, um, when the, his opponent almost gets to the ring and then he walks and back to the middle of the ring um that that is i always enjoy that spot but um what i did really uh would like from jericho in this was was when he was shouting at earl ebner to to ask him ask Mm. him whether he quits yeah really putting the effort in and really kind of selling it by by jericho and triple h kind of powering up onto his forearms for the for the first uh part of the spot and then pushing out onto onto his hands to essentially walk to the to the ropes and 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 uh, wrap his his all elbow around the ropes to 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 break the hold yeah that looked good but as we've said time and time again the crowd were just sat on their hands for it it didn't mm. get hardly any reaction whatsoever yes i mean jericho brings a chair into the ring uh but ends up getting ddt'd on it which is quite a cool spot as well yeah, and, and this point kind of annoyed men. It wasn't the Jericho or, or the Triple H bit. It was how overselling Stephanie was at getting into the ring. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. you that's her, what uh, the kind of distraction is, but she made so much of it, and it it was so clear that she was just doing it to distract uh, Earl Hebner that it kind of, it was a bit of a dampener on it for me, but... The, the the way that Triple H used it to his uh to his benefit and, and DDT and uh, uh Jericho on, on on onto the the chair it, it it worked but she just hammed it up a little bit too much for me yeah yeah definitely but the crowd I think here are starting to sort of get into it a bit more and I don't know if it is because of the staff involvement the chair being involved as well um, well the, the, I, th- I think the crowd wanted Steph to get get a comeuppance because she mm. had been a prick with Triple H since he'd come back. Yeah, and, and she did. She ends up eating a pedigree, doesn't she? Uh, getting drove into the canvas, you know? <laughs> I mean, they, it's. I mean, I am not condoning uh, violence on women. It's, it's abhorrent. But the crowd, when Triple H grabbed her by the air, that was the biggest reaction in this whole match. They mm. wanted to see her get fucked up uh so when he uh puts her in in position for the pedigree the crowd are really getting excited and i i thought uh well i remember thinking at the time he's not going to do it that's his wife jericho's going to uh going to interfere oh no she takes that pedigree she she sells it as well really really well 
the ref has to roll her out the ring, doesn't he? And stuff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I suppose we kind of come to the finish then. And this, I thought, was a really good exchange. This was a really good way. I mean, I'm surprised, I suppose, initially that it took... It's, it's the last match of WrestleMania. And it took one pedigree by Triple H, one, two, three, done. Mm-hmm. So I suppose we're seeing the beginning of that kind of reign of terror uh, yeah. here, e- even as early as this. But the actual sequence I thought was really good because we have Jericho trying a pedigree first, don't we? Which mm-hmm. is uh, counted into like a slingshot kind of move yeah. by Triple H. And, and Jericho's thrown into the turnbuckles. But, you know, af- as athletic as he is, he lands on the ropes, lands on the, the middle rope, sorry, and turns into almost, I suppose, a kind of crossbody attempt in a way, yeah. potentially, Magsy for Triple H to give him the boot on the way down, nail the pedigree, win the match. And me explaining that probably makes it sound more simplistic than it actually is. But when you watch it, it's so smooth, isn't it? Yeah. um, But it is kind of a... It almost feels like a finish out of nowhere. Like... And you you kind of like... um, um, You described it perfectly earlier when you said a Triple H match is very formulaic and we get the build and because mm-hmm. we haven't had that when this finish comes it does feel a little bit out of place like almost they've been told wrap it up wrap it up yeah. come let's go to the finish do it like really quickly uh, whereas if it was if this was uh, booked in a standard triple h match we would have built to this um but watching the 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 sequence yeah really kind of inventive really kind of unique way for uh triple h to to uh get the pedigree on 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 jericho and like i said very athletic um the the crossbody i don't know what would have what would have jericho kind of gained from that uh it it kind of does stink a little bit of i'm doing this because i know i'm getting the finish uh finisher hit so it kind of telegraphs a little bit but it was really cool to watch yeah yeah definitely um out of 10 then magsy what are you thinking yeah um certainly not the best match we've ever watched uh but far from the worst um i think shagger dave kind of does over over egg it a little bit um but i'm i'm gonna go with a seven i think okay above average uh, yeah, fair enough, mate. I, I agree. It's not the best thing we've ever watched, but it's not terrible either. I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I, Again, I'm trying to view it from a wrestling standpoint, but the crowd does take away, as does the crowd when it when it gives towards <laughs> the Hogan Rock match. It makes that match better. It makes this match maybe a bit worse, potentially. I'm a bit lower than yourself. I've got six and a half out of ten, but it's not much in between it. But yeah, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm looking at, mate. Six and a half out of ten. Fair play, fair play. I, yeah, we're in the same ballpark. We're in the same ballpark. Yeah. So yeah. So then, um, our second option on the poll, which also won, lost, drew, whatever, <laughs> <laughs> won and lost. <laughs> yes, was the loser leaves town or loser leaves the WWF match from the twenty fifth of January nineteen ninety three edition of Monday Night Raw between the Nature Boy Ric Flair. I'm Mr. Perfect. Uh, mm-hmm. How long has it been since you have seen this match, Mags? Not today. Um, don't just go a few hours. I mean, before today. <laughs> I don't remember watching it since I watched it in the first time, like back in okay. back in the in the nineties. 
Ah, okay. I, I think I watched it for a podcast, but a long time ago, back when I was still <laughs> maybe doing like SJP way back in the early days. So, so we're looking maybe a year or two, but I put this forward because I wanted to see a Mr. Perfect match and everyone's, we always look at the Bret Hart ones. We always look at this. So this sort of stood out to me when I put it forward. Yep. What are your thoughts looking back on this match for the first time in quite a while? Um, so the, my first initial thought was how, how quick this was booked. Mm. Um, how quick the storyline was. Uh, now obviously, um, Ric Flair was aligned with Perfect when he came into the the company. Obviously, Perfect was part of his uh, his crew when he won the won the title at uh, uh, the Royal Rumble. Um, and obviously, they'd had a fallout uh, with with um, him and uh, with Perfect and Heenan. But I actually went back um, to the episode before um, okay. to kind of get the context because. Uh, for those who don't know, this is actually on the third ever episode of, of Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Um, so, and and this was was Ric Flair leaving the company and going back to WCW. Um, so, I kind of wanted to uh, refresh myself with how we got to this point, and we got to this point because Mister Perfect interfered uh, in uh, at the end of Ric Flair's match with El Matador. Uh, and Flair was so incensed that he he stormed the the, the commentary table and, and told Vince that the WWF wasn't big enough for for both him and uh, and Mister um, Perfect. So he wants some, a match with him, and the loser has to leave. So essentially, that match was booked one week, happened the next week, and Ric Flair is out of the company the week after. So mm-hmm. yeah, I was, it was quite a surprise how Ric Flair's last match, uh, for the, for the company in a long, long time was, was basically a, a two week storyline. Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, really interesting. Yeah. He, he, according to Flair himself, he, he was, I don't know what the term would be. I mean, homesick, I suppose, even though he never really spent much time in his own home. He was, <laughs> he wanted to be back down south, so to speak, <laughs> with his mates, didn't he? Yeah. And didn't like the traveling that the WWF had on offer for him. And the, the, I mean, the schedule, I don't think, has ever bothered Ric Flair. And I don't really think the traveling bothered Ric Flair either. But I think they were traveling. He wanted to, to be with his mates. Yeah. Yeah. No, the traveling wasn't the issue. I think it was, you know, the, the actual traveling itself wasn't the problem. It was the locations up north they were traveling to. It's more he wanted to do that traveling just down safe, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, something I picked up watching this match back today is that obviously this is 1993. This felt like a 1987. This felt like prime Ric Flair territory style match. Yes, Jim Crockett Where, promotions, all that Mid Atlantic, all that sort of stuff where he would go in as champion and make their their top star look amazing so that that uh that top star would would look legitimate uh for for that company and really help that that promotion or that territory out it was very old school mm. um and to me that's a, a great thing because because I like that kind of a uh, old school wrestling I'm not a massive a fan of the 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 flippy stuff. I mean, I appreciate the technical skill, but for me, wrestling bread and butter is is 
the old style wrestling. But saying that, I think it was also to the detriment of this match as well because they went to the well on so many things multiple times. Um, mm. And I think it really takes away uh, from this match. This match, with the with the people in it, this match could have easily been an absolute barn burner. But for me, it felt almost... I don't want to say phoned in, but it felt like they they didn't use their minutes effectively. We saw too many spots where it was repeated uh, multiple times, um, which which really kind of felt like a a letdown almost. Yeah, and, and they were given plenty of time as well, weren't they? Uh, uh, I was- well, yeah, there was there, there was three matches on this uh, this episode, um, mm-hmm. and this got. Uh, 20 odd minutes 23 minutes i think on a show that's now what 45 minutes long on the on the the network so they got half of the time multiple ad breaks in between um so yeah they got a lot of time i think maybe um it just it just felt like it wasn't planned as as well as a rick flair and mr perfect match usually is yeah yeah, I agree. I agree. It, I mean, pretty much everything you said there, I think, is territory feel, but almost. I mean, was, oh dear, dear, dear. And we froze. I don't know who's froze on on your guy's screen, but uh, Simon looks like he's praying right now. Okay, Brilliant. am I back? You're back. I'm back. Right, you, you froze with your eyes closed, which was quite weird. Yeah, pretty. Right. <laughs> that's pretty much exactly how you were. Was it really? Oh my god! Yeah. Okay, it looks like I'm firing back up now. I don't know what's going on there, but we shall plow on and get through. And because we haven't got much left to do, so yes, that's really. So has really thinking about this and finishing <laughs> off that under desk entertainment. You know what? That <laughs> is spot on. It actually looked like he was on the vinegar strokes. You're right there. On the right vinegar there, strokes. <laughs> <laughs> bloody hell oh i mean he, wh- he was where, thinking where of a barry windham match at the, that time I was. well we mentioned you were just, you were just saying on. how amazing my analysis was uh on the match and how it, it looked very like a, an old school territory match and how uh it wasn't the best match of of, of these two's career no and again spot on spot on i can't really add much to that that's that's exactly exactly accurate you know it is very much that way i love the old territory days i love the old nwa junior promotions rick flair era fantastic stuff and i didn't mind seeing that again here didn't bother me at all but there were moments i was watching thinking oh come on lads you know (laughs) you know just just get on with it sort of thing um the guy on commentary. I mean, how part. bad is that? How bad is that where we know this is essentially Ric Flair's last televised match in the company because mm. we get we uh, we find out uh, at the end of the match that he has to uh, fulfil his, his duties for the weekend, uh, as uh, President Jack Tunney has said. Um, but yeah, how how weird is it that we're talking about Ric Flair's last match for the company and... And we we want it to finish. We want him yeah. to hurry up, and it's yeah, because I mean, they they do. It feels like that they may have phoned it in. 
Yeah, potentially, potentially. It, it's a shame. It's a shame. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's still enough here to keep me entertained. <laughs> I wouldn't be. Yeah, I mean, a, a Ric Flair again. A Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect match is infinitely better than ninety percent of other wrestlers out there. But this, we know that these two uh, are able to do so much better. Mm. I'll tell you what it was like, Magsy. Nah, literally just popping in my head now. You know, you see the matches with Flair, and he goes to a forty-five minute draw. Or he goes mm-hmm. to a 60 minute draw. You know, the matches with Sting or Luger or Wyndham, and he goes the long distance and, and ends up drawing the match. It felt like the first 20 minutes of one of those. But we yeah. didn't get we didn't get the last 20 minutes where the pace mm-hmm. quickens up towards the end of the contest. That's how it yeah. felt to me. That makes sense. That really does make sense. Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, we get some great moments as well, though, don't get me wrong. There's a backslide effort. I love a backslide. I, d- I can't tell you why, but I love a backslide when it's done properly and it looks competitive. It's not just a case of hooking the arms and just dropping down when it looks competitive, you know, mm-hmm. and they're really battling I mean, for this. And go on. That's a t shirt. I, I love a backslide. backslide. <laughs> I love a backslide. <laughs> yeah, thank <same. laughs> Um and, and Heenan on commentary here is fantastic as well because he's, he's obviously got his flair allegiances and he's, <laughs> he's we're not talking War Rumble 92 good but he is one of the more entertaining things that we're seeing I mean there's a moment where I mean he's screaming during the backslide spot drop to your knees because then he can't get you over and all that you know stuff that makes sense but the way he's doing yeah. it is is so biased towards flair he he shouts to Flair at one stage because the Manhattan Center, I think, is there in. Is, is that the name of the yeah. place? The Manhattan, yeah. <laughs> it's a very tiny, tiny venue. So you can hear Heenan shout. Well, Flair can hear Heenan shouting, sorry. And he's, he's trying to get a message to him. And he comes up and he's picked up the timekeeper's hammer for ringing the bell. <laughs> and, he's, and he's showing Flair that he's got it and he hides it in his jacket and so on. <laughs> just little things like that, just because he's desperate. It's for, so good. Oh, yeah. Heenan's amazing. It's so, so good. <laughs> Someone who was not amazing is Rob Bartlett, who was an early yeah. commentator on WWE's Raw. I, I vaguely, vaguely remembered him, but when I when I turned on the the episode and saw him, I'm like, I thought, fuck. <laughs> um, and I think he was only around for maybe ten weeks or something like that. Yeah, we're um, but he was awful. He was, and like I said, I watched I watched bits of the the previous episode of Raw, uh, and he was on that, and he was he was crap on that. The one good thing that he did in this match was uh, after about five ten minutes or so, he shut the fuck up, and you didn't hear from him. And uh, Vince even makes a comment by by saying, "Oh, you fi- you finally like chirped in," and he said, "Yeah, I'm just really enjoying this match." And I, I thought. Were you? Were you really enjoying it, or you just bad at your job? He got cut off a few times by Vince as well because he was saying stupid shit in the Macho mm-hmm. Man. The show the show opens. This episode of Raw opens with Macho Man versus Whoa. Repo Man, mm-hmm. and Rob Bartlett said because Macho Man obviously is filling out a bit on top. He makes the comment of is Macho Man wearing a tan or a skin coloured skull cap? You, you you don't you know that's going to annoy Vince. Vince is going to be like, "Why are you pointing out flaws <laughs> in our superstars?" Ric Flair does the uh, I suppose the term for it is the flare flop, where he's punched and kicked a few times, tries uh, to walk he, away. He, does he say, "What the hell was that?" Yeah, I what think, the hell was that? And it's like, yeah. "Oh, mate, shut up!" You know, yes, it looks ridiculous, but don't draw attention to it. Crying out loud, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
just to to go off topic, did you notice uh, what colour Ric Flair was wearing? Red. Yeah. There we go, sir. Uh, there we go. Knew it was coming. Knew it was coming. <laughs> um, Perfect is bleeding quite early as well. So again, we're looking at territory days wrestling. We're looking at territorial, you know, mid Atlantic and so on star wrestling. The, the baby face is bleeding early on. And and the the spot that that causes the bleeding because it's quite clear, uh, perfect blades mm-hmm. uh, is when perfect tries to do the the Ric Flair over the over the turnbuckle spot and he he looks like he bodges it really really badly because he he doesn't get the the kind of uh, pace and elevation that Flair is able to do and he, he almost has to force himself over the top rope like bumps himself on on the apron uh, and on the on the post uh, kind of tucks into underneath the the apron the ring and then he comes up uh, bleeding and and then we get the typical Ric Flair where he's hitting the the wound to try and open it up yeah and it it doesn't seem to work properly uh, so instead of getting the kind of like the blonde hair covered in blood so it goes bright red and, and really kind of stands out. It it just looks like he's maybe dyed a little bit of his hair uh, in an emo phase. Um, like Jericho yeah. in the match before. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty <laughs> uh, pretty much exactly the same. Yeah, it's... Uh, when when you see blood in a match, and especially Ric Flair, Ric Flair is an expert in it. His hair goes bright red mm-hmm. and he's bleeding all over. And he's got crazy wide white eyes as well, hasn't he? Yeah. With perfect, it just didn't seem to work. It's almost like his blood clotted so quickly that n- not enough of it came out. Mm, yeah, yeah. We do get some more classic, I suppose, territory day stuff. Heel wrestling, though, with Flair. He uses the rope a great deal to assist certain moves. Mm-hmm. You know, figure four, he uses the ropes for. He uses the ropes on a uh, sleeper hold as well at one point. And we get the one that we don't tend to see as much anymore, but I think it's brilliant. It's when the ref is asking him, have you used the ropes? Are you cheating? And and Flair's, no, no. Flair's on his knees going, no, no, no. And behind him, he's using his shin to choke Mr. Perfect, but the ref can't mm-hmm. see because he's, that is just, we, we don't see enough of that, I don't think. Yeah. And that's, a, that's one of the things that Flair goes to the well uh, quite a few times when he goes down on his knees and does the no. Um, I think he does it a couple of times with, with Perfect to stop uh, Perfect attacking him. Um, but yeah, um, Flair is so good at those those little details that not uh, not every other wrestler would think about, mm. and it, yeah. it just shows his his biz- his man for the business was on another level. Yeah, and this to me is why he's he's one of the greatest of all time. Just mm-hmm. just so good, so good. Um, we uh, as I said, we get the figure four inevitably. Um, we get a moment as well where. And this, this would be quite of interest to anyone who listens to Nitro Nights and they know how Danny and I have been slagging off Hulk Hogan for this kind of thing. Where Mr. Perfect is getting chopped in the corner, punched in the corner and so on. And he does the whole no-selling it. Mm-hmm. And he, starts walking towards Flair. But he ultimately ma- worries him. Yes, yes. But there's a massive difference here. Hogan, Danny and I, uh, Scottish Danny and I, Nitro Nights, have been slaughtering Hogan for this because Hogan no-sells it, Walks, you know, you know how Hogan operates. Mister Perfect here, he's not. Yeah, exactly. The finger comes out and everything, Maxi. He's he's no selling the chops and the punches, but he's not no selling them as if they they just don't hurt. He's obviously feeling them, but he's just not. 
he's making out he's not showing any and he's he's still limping a bit from a previous move you know he's still selling other aspects and he still looks disheveled and deep breathing and so on because he's been in a fight not like hogan like he's you know like, like nothing's affected him and he's superman so it to me it really showed a great baby face aspect of mr perfect who to be fair has always been a better heel he yeah. comes across like he's he's got that baby face fire in him and it worked really really well yeah i think it it showed he had anger like if you've uh, ever been in a fight and and you get so angry that that when somebody's hitting you 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 don't sell it because you it's just adding fuel to your anger fire i suppose uh, that's that's how that came across to me not um not like uh, perfect was was no selling just to piss flare off it it had a point uh and I, yeah i really like that um and it it kind of reminds me of uh, something that we didn't really touch upon um at the beginning of this uh the way they opened this match with uh with uh, Flair pushing uh, Perfect and then Perfect just dry slapping Flair. Yeah. Uh, thought that that was a really good uh, opening to a match. Very, um, it, it showed the the passion of of this storyline. Uh, yeah. Even though it was a couple, only a couple of weeks um, that 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 built to this, um, it showed that it, this meant a lot to to both wrestlers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I suppose we're, we're basically at the finish now, aren't we, really? And that's another one, similar to our match previously, that kind of comes out of nowhere. But mm-hmm. I think I, I buy this one a little bit more, potentially, because the Perfect Plex had that aura of people not being able to kick out of it. And he would hit it once and it would be over. Whereas with the pedigree in the Jericho match, like you said, it kind of, the way Jericho jumped with the crossbody and so on, you know, it kind of t- sort of foreshadowed it. Here, Flair puts his head down for a backdrop, and we all know that the, how the perfect plex is applied and so on. When Flair bends over for the backdrop, my mind isn't thinking perfect plex, but mm-hmm. boom, it's snapped off, and it's such a beautiful move as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I love the perfect plex, but it is, it does seem out of absolutely nowhere yes. uh, again. Um, and there's a, a couple of spots that we've we've uh, kind of brushed over. There's uh, there's one where um, Flair has some knuckles, uh, some brass oh, knuckles yes, in, of course, yeah. in his um, in his um, knee pad. He clocks uh, perfect with with them. Uh, and then there's the uh, a really weird spot, and uh, I think kind of like the 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 finish to the the Triple H and Jericho match. It may have looked better on paper. Um, but um, basically, Ric Flair is thrown into the corner, does the whole toppling over over the buckle, and then he walks right across the apron, gets onto the, the the top rope to do something off the top rope. And I think there was a bit of miscommunication because it looked like uh, Perfect was meant to um, maybe catch him or, or perform some sort of move, and he he just ends up knocking him to the floor, which felt really weird and kind of like added to uh, mm. to my thoughts that that this match was was almost being phoned in. Yeah. No, that's fair enough, mate. That's fair enough. So I suppose, uh, once again, I mean, oh, well, before we actually get to our scores out of 10, Magsy, Bobby Heenan at the end of the match goes absolutely <laughs> berserk. Getting bleeped out as yeah. well. <laughs> that that was, was brilliant by Bobby Heenan. Really kind of yeah. like slamming his headset down, uh, ends up walking... Um, 
walking, um, going over to, to race uh, Ric Flair's hand, I think, uh, at the end, uh, perfect celebrated in, in, in the ring. But yeah, that sh- passion from Bobby Ian, uh, it, it, it definitely added to the match. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, how much did it add, though, Magsy? What did the final score for you come to? Out of 10, my friend. Okay, so... I hate doing this because I, I, uh, ring work, I think these two are in the upper echelon of, of wrestling talent. Flair is is often called one of the, the best to ever do it, and I think Mr. Perfect is... is probably the best wrestler to never win a world title um but this this was a drag to watch at points mm-hmm. um both these guys have had 10 times better matches um so I, and because of how good their quality is i think we ha- i have to rank this lower than i would say this was two other wrestlers um, okay because it wasn't a bad match by any strength of the imagination but these two should be doing so much better because of how good they are um so i'm going to give this a six. Oh, okay interesting uh I, I, I feel the need to show you this now just to make sure that people don't think that i'm making this up as we go along i'm a smidge off you again mate a smidge off you again i've got a 5.5 there look now, wow, I did not think you would have gone lower than me on a Ric Flair match. No, um, I think if, if this match is to be used as the, as the example for four Flair matches, then I feel that this match needed to be 10 minutes shorter mm-hmm. so you can cut out some of the chaff and speed it up, pace it along a little bit, or it needed to be half an hour longer. So what seems like a slow build can then start turning into what we get in the longer flare matches at the back end of his contests. Mm-hmm. I think this is a, a, a WWE main event sort of time, 20 odd minutes ish. I mean, you look at the WrestleMania main events, you're looking at around 18 minutes to 25 minutes on, on in general, normally, if you look at like what well, the triple H match, for example, was about 19 minutes, 18 minutes long that we covered this week. So it's just, you know, it's, it's a sort of standard-ish WWE main event length of contest. And it just didn't seem to work for what Flair is good at. You know, whether mm-hmm. it's a shorter match where he just blitzes through his criteria or it's a longer match where he can tell the story. Again, I- I'm probably nitpicking a little bit there, but that's kind of just how I felt with it, mate. Yeah, you, you make absolute sense. Um, I, I almost feel that... The f- that Flair uh, had given Vince his his decision to leave v- very recent uh, to when this match happened because um, I think if there were more time uh, in, um, for, for Flair and, and Perfect to kind of plan this match, uh, I think it could have been better. Um, maybe uh, Flair was just so eager to go that it was, let's get this done. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. This needed to be a lot less time um, and and just go hell for leather for pace. Um, but as I said, a flare and perfect match, uh, even if it's a really bad one, is better than 90% of other people's good matches. 
Yeah, fair shake. And for what I can gather as well, Flair gave his notice or, or asked for his release, I suppose is the correct way of wording it, about three weeks previous. So okay. when he worked at the Rumble the night before, obviously they knew he was on his way out because they were talking about this match already there. Um, but he said to, you know, Vince respected the way he had done things and respected the way that Flair had worked for him in that previous kind of two-year period. Granted his release on the fact on the basis that he did you know his 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 obligations as he finished up so yeah i mean i suppose the correct way of wording it is he did business on the way out bret hart um (laughs) brilliant so then mr mags so then where shall we go next week we've got two matches here or or two shows or however you want to word it we can potentially link from what are you thinking yep so i think Recently, there's been a lot of really good matches on uh, Chain Wrestling that we've watched. This, uh, uh, obviously, have not been the best, but certainly still two pretty enjoyable matches. Um, But watching good wrestling isn't always isn't always the best for for especially for a show like this where we want something uh, where we can maybe take the piss a little bit. Um, but what I didn't realise was on this show um, was also one of my favourite wrestling gimmicks of, of all time. Uh, and in one of his more famous uh, mini storylines, again, kind of like the, the flair and, and the perfect one, this was a storyline that happened over two weeks. Um, so I want to watch the opening to this to this episode. Repo Man. Okay. I want to watch Repo Man versus Macho Man Randy Savage. Um, And I also want to watch the reason why this match was happening. So we will essentially be watching the the kind of um, the, the vignettes and the promos from the week before and then going into the the match the the blow off match from this feud of all feuds fair enough mate fair enough so repo man versus randy savage from the opener of the same edition of monday night raw so it was like the 25th yes. of january wasn't it yeah and the whole build-up and storyline and there's a lot of fun to be had with that to be fair there is a lot of fun to be had with that storyline and everything building up so yeah yeah great, shape, I'm, I'm, great shape. i mean there's not that much it's literally nah. two episodes of raw but we can it was certainly fun and yeah, we, yeah. there's not enough macho man love on on chain wrestling and there's never any re- repo man love so uh, vote see. for it people See, you say that there's not enough Repo Man love or, or Barry Darso and so on. He's actually in my match too. Get to fuck. He is, mate. He is genuinely wow. in my match too. Um, I but basically I tried to look up and down the cards and see who have we not seen them much of, and then I remembered your you know obsession with Repo Man, Barry Darso, etc. And then I kind of thought we've covered the match that I have in my mind. Surely, I know we have. We've discussed it. So I went back on the spreadsheet, which is incredibly out of date now because I've not updated it for ages. I went back on the spreadsheet now to see how we've covered the match that was in my mind. And it turns out we haven't, but it was put forward on a poll many, many, many moons ago in an audio-only episode before we ever went live. Okay. Uh, and it lost the poll very, very narrowly. 
Uh, so we didn't end up covering it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say very, very convincingly. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It was quite a narrow <laughs> loss. So I, I thought, well, 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 we'll have a look at that. Um, it's Repo Man is the, the link I'm using from that episode of Monday Night Raw, who was also, of course, Demolition Smash. I would like to go to SummerSlam 1990 and watch the Heart Foundation versus Demolition for the WWF Tag Team title. Wow ironic because i've been uh, i've been binging uh, a youtube channel called uh, wrestling bios uh, it's an irish guy who kind of uh, talks about wrestlers and their careers and i actually watched the the anvil nardhart one uh, today okay. um and he, that a big part of that is uh, the the tag team um of the heart foundation and and their kind of like heel run and then when he came back into the company and and they, they turned face apparently building up to to that um brett was meant to go on a, a that's when he was meant to start his single run uh, but and i'll have to re-watch the video to refresh but something happened where brett wasn't going to get that push so they they basically reformed the team for 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 that match and end up winning the the tag titles Hmm. Interesting. Okay. But there we go. Either way, mate, we get to have a little look at Barry Darstow next week. Yeah, win-win. I mean, there we that, go. That's really that's heartwarming. I mean, from <laughs> from being ironically liking Barry Darstow to actually really liking him yeah. now. Um yeah, I'm I'm, I'm happy have a way. Let's hope for a draw. Dan can you oh, do it Dan. two weeks in a row? <laughs> Can you do it two weeks in a row? He's just said in the chat there, draw again, folks. <laughs> uh, so those are your choices. We have the Repo Man versus Macho Man Randy Savage from the 25th of January, 1993 edition of Raw. Or we go back a little bit further in time and take in a WWF Tag Team Championship match from SummerSlam 90. And we have Demolition versus the Heart Foundation. The poll will be up, as always, later in the week after the audio version has come out make sure you get your votes in and make sure you retweet it as well i want to see as many retweets and encouragement mm-hmm. from the cwf to try and bring more people into our little circle as we, long as they're not we dipped. want the casuals in we, yeah, we, we love casual. you we love you hardcores but we've got you and i'll tell we you we now to need to bring the casuals in <laughs> next week next week is a ratings winner because we could be looking at the repo man so there we go that's how you bring the casuals in mate exactly exactly there we go um a couple of quick comments in the chat before we depart uh dan griffin here saying brett would have given vince the belt shut your heathen mouth say yeah but yet you know he's still out to get screwed so something went wrong yeah, hey, who knows? Uh, and we have Scottish Danny here saying, Sorry having a dig at Bret Hart while sat there in a Shawn Michaels t-shirt. I love this show. And we love you too, Danny. And look at that. It is a bloody great Shawn Michaels t-shirt, isn't it? Look at that. Lovely stuff. And, and then Dan comes with this pearl. Last two recordings he's done with Sar, he's been wearing a Bret shirt. He cannot be trusted. Yeah, he's, he's flip-flops. More turns in the big show. I see. I had Lex Luger's shirt on earlier. Wow. Was it laundry day? 
<laughs> and I'll tell you what as well it's not Lex Luger in the total package it's all American it's the narcissist no it's, it's not the, even the narcissist it's the one narcissist Lex Luger t-shirt yeah. that they've ever sold yeah, the only one they, the only one they ever sold yeah. they got a warehouse full of this old narcissist it's the it's, the, it's his WBF and drinking a pint of milk t-shirt yeah I, I, if, tell you what if that was on a t-shirt I would wear it <laughs> oh, Maxi do I let everyone know whereabouts they can find you online my friend yes sir so you can find me on Twitter at Podfather Mags I, I may eventually reply to you although I am <laughs> I am still pretty much on a, a social media um, kind of exodus but you know what? It's really good. It's actually really refreshing to just kind of like uh, not cut yourself off, but not be on as active. Uh, you kind of get able to really get your mind right. Uh, but you can follow me on there, um, or you can follow me on TikTok at Mags All Pods. Uh, yeah, so come and check me out. I'm also not that active on there either, so... <laughs> you, you might be better off WhatsApping me, because at least I reply eventually. Tweet the show, and I'll pass it <laughs> Uh, you can find me on twitter at sjp words and on facebook there is a group there sjp all the shows and info and you have links to all the shows and info i guess from both of those so a little bit of time traveling geekiness with the doctor who pod that we do with dan griffin uh waiting room podcast i do with benny mack covering quantum leap one show at a time as well and if wcw is your bag uh the very up and down history of that crazy company Scottish Danny and I look at that one show at a time from the very first Nitro onwards on Nitro Nights. But most importantly, you can find this show on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and that TikTok thingamy at chain underscore wrestling. That's at chain underscore wrestling. But as always, at SJP words for me. And there's links to all the shows, including this one, that stem from there. And yes, people, in case you missed it on Twitter this week, t-shirts are coming magsy's in the designs maybe we'll let you have a little sneaky look sometime soon who knows who knows <laughs> magsy my friend i've had a blast i'm an absolute blast i'm looking forward to some barry darso love next week <laughs> me too i may come back for next week's episode now <laughs> uh, i'm off now to watch SummerSlam 93 because i'm a glutton for fucking punishment magsy i'll see you next week bud <laughs> enjoy bye-bye